Dose the Leadership Podcast, episode 135. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome to the show. This is Richard Ryerson. Thanks for tuning into the show. I'm so appreciative that you're here. I hope you're finding some value in this show. Have you heard of my new podcast, the Courageous Leadership Podcast? It's different than this one. It's not an interview podcast. It's just me talking about my leadership philosophies for about 15 or 20 minutes or so. Each episode promises to get into my mindset a little bit more about what I believe in leadership and how it can help you become the courageous, authentic leader that I think we are all meant to become. So go check it out, uh, Courageous Leadership Podcast, and go to iTunes. And just like this one, if you haven't done so, please take the time to enter a rating and review. It does so much for my visibility and to keep that uh, algorithm uh, alive in iTunes so we're more front and center. So again, thanks for all your support. I love continuing getting the emails and your thoughts and ideas on leadership. So please feel free to reach out and connect with me, and I promise I'll get right back to you. So anyway, thanks for all your support, and here's the interview. Well, I'm so excited to have on my show today, Trip Lanier. He's a men's coach, and he's the host of the very popular The New Man Podcast, Beyond the Macho Jerk and the New Age Wimp. I love that title. He coaches and teaches men all around the world how to break out of mediocre lives and create the careers and relationships they really want. As a host, he's interviewed experts and authors from all walks of life, including Tim Ferriss, Laird Hamilton, Ken Wilber, Dan Millman, Marcus Buckingham, Bill Harris, Stephen Pressfield, Al Jacobs, and so many others. It reaches tens of thousands of people all over the world, and he regularly finds it home on the iTunes self-help top 10 list. Trip, welcome to the Dose of Leadership podcast. Thank you so much, Richard. I appreciate it. You know, when I found your podcast and I looked at your website, it resonated with me so much. A lot of what we talk about here, and particularly for men, and it certainly speaks to my life of where I came, kind of hitting a point in my life where you know I was doing everything I thought I was supposed to be doing as a man, and a lot of it wasn't really all that authentic. So talk to us a little bit about you and uh, how you came about and why you're so passionate about what you do. Great. Well, I, you know, I, it's, I wish I could say it was a linear process. I think that when, uh, when I, when I coach guys, they, they, they really like this idea of being able to kind of figure out a plan and, and I'm going to go from this point A and I'm going to have this point B all figured out and it's going to be this beautiful process and very, very uh, predictable and it just doesn't work that way. Um, so I, I guess the, the uh, short term is uh, I did a lot of uh, screwing up. <laughs> to get to where I am. I had a, I had a company for years, uh, 12 years. I was doing media production and video production, music production, that kind of thing. I was able to travel all over and do lots of really great things. Had a lot of freedom, had people working for me, but I still had this yearning, like something was missing. I, I wanted more meaning. I wanted more purpose. I wanted something. I just wanted it to really have an impact in the world and, and wanted that satisfaction. I could see the guys that were doing what I was doing, you know, and they were 10, 15, 20 years. I could kind of see my future laid out ahead of me. And I was like, I don't want that. I mean, it's okay and it's safe and it's good, but it's not, man, I've got one shot here. I've got one shot in this life. So I don't really want to just hang back. I want to see what I can really do. And, and so that began a, a much larger process of, you know, going into this inquiry, like, well, what do I really care about? What's the impact I really want to have? What do I really care about? Um, 
yeah, just just screwing around. It felt like screwing around at the time, but it, I took it very seriously and and didn't know if I was going to be able to build a career out of it. Didn't know where it might lead, and that was uh, pretty unsettling to say the, le- the least. Coming from this really safe place where I thought I could just see how the future was going to turn out, and so um, it was that rubber meets the road of like helping guys go through the things that I was going through, helping guys face the challenges that I had faced, whether it was in relationships or their business or the work that they wanted to do in the world, what really mattered. Um, and that's just that's kind of been the common thread that's linked all of these different experiences that I have together. Well, you know, it's interesting because you you right out of college you started your own business, right? So you you've been an entrepreneur entrepreneur from the get go. Correct, and you know, I went to art school, did a little bit of communication, so I, I really didn't even understand business. That was a that was a whole other um, you know adventure there. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just interesting because a lot of the people that I've it's interesting that you kind of hit a point and you go and God, there's got to be more to life than this. But you started out with you typically don't see that from the from an entrepreneurship side. I mean, what was kind of that aha moment? So you're sitting, you're having this video production company and something's not clicking. What was it that made you, or kind of that splat moment that made you say, hey, there's got to be something more than this? I don't know if it was any one particular moment, um, but it was, I, I just felt that my life was getting smaller instead of expanding. And, and I, you know, if you were to paint a picture, like I was in a band, I, I basically had set up my company so that it, it would fund my lifestyle. I had, a, wow. I had great people working for me. I was able to travel all around and make music and, you know, travel all over the world. Just, I, I had it kind of made. And, and for the people on the outside to, to, when I would say, you know what, something's missing, they would look at me like I was nuts. Right. And, um, but what was missing was just realizing that there was I wasn't really making an impact. It was a very selfish way of living. It was very I don't I wouldn't say it was hedonistic, but it wasn't I wasn't really getting to what mattered. And um so it wasn't until I started exploring those questions and, and you know, down those paths where that that kind of thing led me that I realized, oh, I, I want to do something that actually makes an impact in somebody's life. The work that, I mean, I was, I, my company somehow ended up being the company that made those, we, we were getting hired by these political consultants to make those terrible TV ads that right. were like out to ruin people's careers. <laughs> you know? And I was like, <laughs> what am I doing? And so I remember I would just be like, okay, that's the last election cycle. I'm not doing that, you know, because it was really good money. But I, I was like, okay, that's it. I'm not doing that anymore. And, and then finally one time I was like, that was it. I'm done. I'm moving on. That's interesting because I could see myself being that guy going kind of, you know, I went from the Marine Corps, um, American Airlines for a short period, then corporate America for the last 13 years. Mm. And so I can relate to seeing, oh, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. This is safe. You know, having that kind of corporate umbrella, having all the benefits. But it's kind of refreshing or enlightening to hear you say that from an entrepreneurial standpoint that what it really gets to is, you know, where is this kind of search for significance or make sure that I'm doing something that's bigger than myself? And that's kind of what I'm hearing you say. Is that right? I mean, that, that's, that's a, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. And I, I, cause I think that for most of us just getting to that point where we're able to, to do something in the world period is, is, you know, that's what our, our fathers and grandfathers strive to do. Right. And, and so to, to be where we are in our life, to even have this conversation is a real luxury. Um, and so I remember bumping up against that and, and wanting to minimize it. Like, oh, that's not important. That's not, uh, you know, quit being a, a wuss or, you know, by, right. you, you know, why are, why aren't you appreciating what you already have? I could hear these types of voices in my head. And at a certain point I was like, well, why wouldn't I value this? Why, why can't I 
appreciate what I've got and also uh, create greater meaning and, and impact in this life. I love what you're saying there. I mean, for me, the journey was similar in the fact that the, the, the moment I started saying to myself, it's all about adding value to somebody else instead of me, that's when the richness of my life seemed to change. Is How does that resonate with you when you hear me say that? I think you're right on. I think that that's where a lot of guys get stuck is they're, they're in this, uh, I think Steve Chandler calls it the room of mirrors. And it really becomes all about them and, and what I'm doing and what people think of me and, 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 you know, what job title, like what I, I can always kind of tell a guy stuck in the room of mirrors when he's describing his future life in terms of a job title. Yeah. Oh, I think I'd be happier if I was this guy. Yeah. Or I was, I had this thing, but they really aren't, aren't connected to what the doing would be like on a day to day basis. What's the doing? And so you nailed it there when it comes back down to, um, you know, the service or the value that we bring to other people's lives. And that's what I really enjoyed. I, I got a real sense of what it was like to, to, to do things that I, that really, I didn't really feel like was really serving people and, and it felt empty and, and I was earning good money doing it. But, um, I, I was, I was happiest when I was doing things that helped people. And, and once I started to orient more around that, um, things just really clicked. What do you think one of the biggest, um, stumbling blocks or hurdles for men. I mean, what, when particularly men come to you and I'm assuming it's probably most of your clients are middle-aged. I don't know. Maybe you can enlighten some on that, but what is, what is their biggest challenge or the biggest, biggest obstacle that they're trying to overcome? Well, I, I think that they're lost and they're trying to find the thing in their mind. There's some utopia is a strong word, but they, they imagine that there's some place where they're going to be free from the struggles that, that are in their life. And they've probably been operating under this assumption for a long time. They went to, they were young kids and then look, you got to get the grades so you can get into this school and then you can get the, get from this school to get into this program and then get into that thing. There was always this, it was this series of finish lines and each finish line promised a new level of freedom and spaciousness and ease, but it really didn't work out that way. And so it's really helping guys kind of step out of that mindset and into okay, what do I want? Like, what do I really care about instead of just finding another finish line for myself? And, and maybe one day I'm going to find the finish line that where I really get to get a chance to feel free or I really get a chance to feel the love and connection that I really want or the peace of mind that I want or the passion that I want. And they, they, they've been kicking these, these, these experiences that they truly want down the road because they're always on the other, other side of some finish line. And so the guy may come to me saying, here's the thing that I want to create in my life, but I, I want to help him really start to, to see, well, where are this, where's the opportunity to have these experiences in your life now? What are you doing to, to keep these experiences at bay? And a lot of times they realize they're a lot closer to what they really want than they may have ever considered. What, elaborate on that. What do you, what do you, like, can, you, can you give me an example of that? Yeah. Well, I, for instance, if, you know, I work with some guys that are pretty high achievers. And, and they, they've been really ingrained in that, that mindset of achieve and, you know, my happiness or the fulfillment that I really want is on the other side of the next achievement. Well, it doesn't take too long for some guys to really hit the wall when yeah, they do right. that stuff. And so they're lost. Like, well, wait a second. If running on this treadmill or climbing this ladder isn't the thing that brings me fulfillment, then what really, what is it really? And they've been focusing on a thing, whether it's a job title, a certain amount of money, toys, whatever. It's, but it's some kind of a thing, but they haven't really, they haven't really drawn the, drawn the, you know, connected the dots between that thing 
and the experiences they really want to have. And I'm talking about fulfillment, talking about a sense of freedom, talking about real love, like really feeling loved by people in their life and really loving those people and being able to do that, um, being able to have a peace of mind about their life and where things are headed and how things are going. Um, and, and then also feel lit up about things, to be excited, to, to, to feel energized and engaged, that they're challenged and they're on a path of mastery. But those are all experiences. They're not things. They're not, they're not metals that we can hang up on the shelf. Right. And so it's really about helping guys start to feel, you know, get in touch with what are you feeling now? Like what's the flavor of your life now? If, if, you're, if you're chasing these things on the wall or that, that, that you imagine that you can attain one day, then let's just get it. If we realize that it's really about the experiences you want, then let's just start to help you you know, figure out where you are now and the experiences you have now. And then we start to look around and say, what are the opportunities for you to feel greater peace, love, uh, freedom, and uh, passion now? And in a lot of times, there's lots of things that they can start to do on an immediate uh, level instead of creating another finish line for them to to cross. I like what you said there. I mean, hearing um and kind of an aha moment for me and sometimes with some of my clients I notice when it really is about the journey it's not about like you said uh the kind of the destination if you will the destination kind of leads to um a, a feeling that you have to arrive and, and the moment that I've shifted started saying you know it's not really about arriving somewhere it's about the process the experience of the journey um do you subscribe to that I think you're on it, and in the in the arrivals can be fun too. Sure, you can enjoy the arrivals. I'm not saying that you can't, but you don't stay there very long. I guess is my point. Don't plant a flag on that plateau. I guess is where I'm going. Yeah, I wouldn't put all the eggs in that basket, you know. And so I I think that a lot of us can get really myopic and really super focused on a path. Even like, oh, my thing in, in my life is to become a coach or is to become an entrepreneur or whatever, and we. We get fixated on a path, but we forgot what the path is really in service of, mm. the experiences that we really want. And right. so when we, when we when we start to focus on the experiences that we really want to have in this lifetime, suddenly we recognize there's a lot of paths up that hill. There's a lot of ways to get there. And we start to be, get a lot more creative instead of thinking it's about doing this one way and I've got to be here by a certain point in my life or whatever these kind of, these kind of BS milestones that we create for ourselves – that um, can really limit us and limit our creativity and limit our ability to, to really enjoy ourselves. So I've found that through this process that guys end up being way more fulfilled. They've got a lot more gas in the tank. They're way more powerful because they are not depriving themselves and kind of beating themselves like a, like a horse to get up the mountain that they're actually enthusiastic and fired up to create um, and and they're just like I said, they're just way more powerful because they're bringing that emotional power into it. Yeah, if you get to the point where you're actually creating something, right? I mean, isn't that what it's, isn't what it's all about? I mean, that's what triggers and unleashes all that stuff, right? When you actually I think, create something, yeah, well, not just creating, but really tapping into why am I creating? What right. is this for? Why do I? Why would? Because we can go create a bunch of stuff, and, and I think that's where we can get busy. But um, is it really? Is it just, am I just being busy or am I engaged in something that, that's really an expression of what I uh, truly care about? That guy that's engaged in what he truly cares about is so much more powerful. My money's on him. Yeah. Much more so than the guy that's just busy. Right. So what do you say to the, that, that middle-aged guy or gal even for that matter that's sitting there, they're 
you know, 10 years into a 30-year mortgage, they've got the, the credit card debt, they've got the car payments, they've got the kids, and you got some, you know, maybe they call themselves a wantrepreneur or something, and they're like, how can I, there's no way I can live up my dreams now, i got all these commitments. What would you say to that? I mean, you got to play it safe, but that that's what I hear when I when I see a guy like that or a gal like that, they, i got to play it safe. Look at all these obligations I have. What do you say to that? I ask them to take a long-term, uh, you know, look at it. Like, I, I, first thing I'll just say, I'll say, let's great. Let's have an interview with the version of you that's on your deathbed after you've lived a hundred years. Let's okay. see what that guy says. Right. Let's see what that woman says. Does he care about your particular situation now? Does he look back and say, I'm really glad you played it safe at that time? Yeah, it would have been a, a couple, two, three, maybe four years of challenge of a transition. But I'm really glad you stayed stuck there instead of going through a transition and orienting your life around what really matters. Yeah. <laughs> so usually when they, they, they have that conversation from their deathbed after a long, fruitful life, or they can look at it from a place of, did I regret the best years of my life? If I'm middle-aged, I did. I just piss it away at, at that at that point. Or did I was I willing to go through what may have seemed like just, it was really just a bump at the time instead of a wall. Right. Oh, I love how you said that. I love it. You know, that's what a great technique too. Okay, fine. I mean, where you're at right now doesn't necessarily mean where you're going to be or where, what you've done up to this point doesn't necessarily write the chapter or, or where you're going to be, right? Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, when, when we, these, this, it's very similar that when we're resisting that, that transition, that resisting that call, Joseph Campbell calls it uh, resisting the call of the on the hero's journey. It's life becomes very painful at that point, mm -hmm. and a lot of times, you know, life's going to come along and create something in our life that basically destroys what we're in anyway. And so I, I like to tell the guy, look, it's your choice. <laughs> you can. This chances are this, you know, it's just going to get more painful and more difficult, and something you do not get to. Uh, kind of drive is going to come along here and, and shift this for you and in, in a rather painful way. Or you can lead that. You can be the one that says, you know what, I want to make this transition and I want to create the terms for that. Um, and I and I I like to help that guy get into that leadership position of, okay, there's going to be a transition. I've already been through several transitions in my life. I went through many of them as a young person. Why do I expect that I would be able to just kind of hold on from my mid-20s on? Um, so that's a big that's a big shift in mindset. They just we just get really rigid. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think that um, especially as we get further along, I think we there's this myth. I think that we have we believe that uh, all these things that we're doing, all these planning, all this this these steps that we're taking is going to get rid of any fear, uncertainty, or or at least introduce a whole bunch of certainty in our lives. And that's just a, a, a wrong way to look at it. This life is just full of uncertainty. You never know what's going to give you. You just need to be prepared. Um, for that uncertainty and kind of in, instead of trying to control um, pain and chaos and uncertainty I'd, I'd say we rather I'd rather exploit it right because it's just a, it's something you got to get used to I, I'm glad you brought that up I, I don't particularly like uncertainty in my life <laughs> it's yeah. not enjoyable and I and I really feel for the guys that I talk to and that are dealing with that and it's amazing what we will do and what I've done personally to avoid uncertainty because it's so painful. Yes. And so we will stick with what we know, even if it's just a drag. We'll stay in a lousy marriage. We'll stay in a lousy job. We act as if we have another life that we get to have some, at some point, like it's just magically going to shift. Mm. And I think it's important that we realize, well, you only got one of these, so how do you want to do it? 
Um, and I, and I, I think it's great to have just that longer term view and we start to see, well, this would be a, a shorter transition. What do I really want to go for? But the, you know, uncertainty, um, is also where all the juice is. You know, if we, if we look at our lives as a series of choices, on one hand, we tend to default to the, everything that we know. If we're unconscious, we go with the safe thing. We go with the known. Oh, we'll eat at the, you know, you're driving down the road and you're like, oh, I know what that restaurant is. I've eaten there before. It's a chain. I know exactly there. Great. But if we, we head off and I'm like, well, there's no restaurants here that I know, we start to get a little wobbly. Hmm, what's this place like? I don't know. But that's usually where all the juicy adventure is. Like, man, we pulled yeah. off the road and we found this really great restaurant and it was fantastic. And we never would have gone there had there been a Chili's or something there. So I, I, I want people to see that the real juice, the thing that they want in their life of that, that sense of adventure and really feeling alive is dependent upon uncertainty. The thing that most guys want when they talk like, oh, I really want to feel passionate about my life. I want to feel like I've got a boner for life. You know, like I really want this bad. And it's like, great. Are you willing to go into uncertainty? Well, no. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. you don't. you don't get to have both. <laughs> it's like if you, if you can, the, the, the more that you can tune into that thing that's making you kind of queasing the butterflies in the stomach, man, listen to that and pay attention to that. And if you can work through that and make the choice and, and, and stay true to your convictions despite that fear, then something great's going to happen. That's that's the way you got to look at it. You know, life kind of really begins on the edge of that comfort zone, right? I mean, it has to. If, and it's a practice. Yes, it it's is. A, I think for some guys, they 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 think that I don't know. We we kind of have these limiting thing, these limiting beliefs that we should we should. I mean, I'm using air quotes here. That we should be able to do this and should be able to do that, but. If we're not used to pushing ourselves to do uncertainty, it's really hard. It's really awkward. But what if, you know, a great practice, and I don't know how many guests have been on the show, always said, like, just just do one thing a day you're unsure about. Get used to that feeling. Get yeah. used to pushing yourself through that. And and so that it's not a it's not wrong to feel that. It's just another sensation. Like, oh, well, that's what uncertainty feels like. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see what happens if I if I go have this conversation with a stranger. Let's see if I go ask this person this question or that. Um, and be willing to do that. And life, that's where life gets much, much bigger. If you're, if you're playing small and you're living small, go find those little opportunities to practice getting into uncertainty before, you know, then you, then you start to really see what's possible in the bigger areas of uncertainty in your life. Yeah. And it becomes addicting. Like you said, it's almost like any other process. I mean, if, if you're running or lifting weights or whatever it is, I mean, it sucks in the very beginning. It's awkward at the beginning. It hurts a lot in the beginning. And at some point you get so used to it that you feel worse if you don't do it, just like running, right? I mean, you don't, you get to a point, once you get over that kind of hurdle, you feel worse if you don't run. And it's kind of the same mm -hmm. thing with fear and uncertainty, in my opinion. I think so. Yeah, it's a great way to put it. So your niche is men. Why Why specifically men? I'm curious about that. I mean, I'm, I, I know that you've coached women in the past, but what are the main differences? Why, why, do, you, why, why do you think men need um, – well, I mean, why, why are you focusing on men solely? Hmm. I, you know, it's never really been about the – illusion of women it's just been more where i feel like i shine yeah it, I, I have a more of a challenging i can be very challenging and and, and uh, you know for lack of a better term that's just where i i just feel most in my element um i've worked i have friends that do work almost exclusively with women and and it's i'm just amazed like wow it's amazing that you, you can do that and talk in a certain way and really get across um I know there's a lot of women that listen to the show, and, I, and I've obviously coached women too, but um, I think I just find more of my interest in helping guys out. Maybe it's the part that I see myself in them, 
and I see what's possible, um, it, who knows? But that's where I, I think I just find most enjoyment in that area. One of my coaches that I had in the past, and she was a woman, and she had we were talking uh, a month or so ago, and she had said that um, you know she's a firm believer that from men, men don't know how to be men these days. I don't know if I agree with that or not. Um, I've certainly had great examples in my past, looking at my father, my grandfather, um, and in in the the truest sense, I mean, they were real men. And and I don't know. Do you think men struggle to try to find their identity of what a man's supposed to be these days? I don't know if I buy into that. I think it's an. I think I think it would be a. Um, I think it would be a mistake to say that there ever was a time. It's easy to idealize things when we look in the rearview mirror. And I would, and I, I can look back and I, I see who my father was and I see how he was raised by his father and I see how he stood on my grandfather's shoulders, like in terms yeah. of how much better of a father he was to me than how he was fathered. And so I, I would, I wouldn't want to idealize my grandfather's generation or even my father. I see how I'm fathering my daughter, you know, so I just see things evolving. There's lots of different, um, ways that we continue to evolve. And I think what's happened in terms of, you know, we, we may have lost some traction in certain areas of our manhood as we've, you know, gained traction in others. Um, but I, as a whole, I just see men progressing by leaps and bounds. That's just my world. And I see guys becoming a lot, uh, a lot stronger and a, and a lot more well-rounded in the world. They, I think they were, a lot the men in my life of those earlier generations were were very sturdy and amazing guys they fought in wars they did they had to go through an incredible hardship and to do so they also had to limit live a very limited emotional life right and uh i don't think i would want that for any man now you know i and maybe if we had to if we had to go through those kinds of hardships again that's it may require that who knows but um, I think, like I said earlier, it's a luxury to be able to stand on their shoulders and the things that they had to go through. And now I believe we get to have a much richer emotional world. Like we actually get to enjoy things. My wife and I were watching a, I was watching a golf tournament yesterday, and she's like, "You know, I miss it when a guy would hit the ball and nobody said anything. Like there wasn't some moron that said, "Get in the hole," you know." And I was <laughs> like, "I kind of miss that too." And she's like, "I miss like the golf clap," and because she grew up watching golf, her dad was a big golfer. And, and I was like, you know, I guess that's what you get with guys that are that feel more okay with emotionally expressing themselves these days. <laughs> is you have these guys that are just louder and more voracious. Where back then, that generation was like, no, you didn't, you didn't speak up, you didn't say those things, you didn't get excited at a golf tournament, you just clapped. Right. And I, and I, I said, you know, maybe those guys are enjoying themselves more these days. Maybe it's not quite the quorum that it used to be, but I, you know, who knows? This is this is what it looks like for guys to enjoy themselves more and more. So I think we're figuring it out. I think that. You know, there's definitely some guys that have been more feminized and they've lost a lot of their spine in the process. And I, you know, I, I, I think that's a big part of what we try to do on the new man, you know, beyond the macho jerk and beyond the new age wimp. Yeah. Let's let's help these guys be more than the two dimensional, you know, kind of balls and spine kind of thing. But and and also not be the wimpy guy that has a has a big heart. Yeah, no, I love that. I love you. I love your insights on that. I love the way that you look look at it and I agree with everything you said. I mean, if you look at just from a media perspective and um you're right, I mean, what does everything play to? It plays to kind of like the macho jerk or kind of the the, the wimpy and 
in the guy that you're talking about here, the guy in the middle, I mean, there's no place for really all of us to go. I mean, that's why shows like yours are resonating. I mean, where do you go to learn how to become a better leader? Where do you go to learn how to be, be better at business or any of those kind of, or better father, or better spouse? There's really no, it's certainly not in the popular mediums, you know, not in the, the, the big mainstream mediums anyway. Um, it's just a bunch of kind of fluff and trash, you know, and, and the commercials are all rated towards, you know, the standard, you know, football and beer commercials and everything else. And I don't know. I just think there's a, a, a bunch of men out there that are kind of struggling finding their way, the kind of the men that you and I have been coaching. And, and um, I just like what you said. I, th- I agree with you. I don't think that – I think it's a transition. And in a lot of ways, we're better. And I wouldn't want to be, you know, like for my father or grandfather's generation, like you said, because they, they weren't very good at expressing their emotions. I mean, they weren't very good communicators. You know, I look at my relationship with my dad and my mom. I mean, they loved each other, but they didn't communicate very well. Mm, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah. and some of the ways that I've communicated with my spouse and now the things that we've had to work through had come from that. So it's just a constant evolutionary process or a transition process of getting better. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, and, I, and I wouldn't leave it on the media to decide for us. Oh, I think I it's our responsibility. Okay. Um, and, you know, it, 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 I, we, we can't expect that some external force whatever it might be, the media, the government or whoever is going to decide, you know, kind of like, hey, here's how you should be now. I think it, I, I love this challenge. I love that it's up to us to figure it out and determine it for ourselves. And I, I like being part of that conversation where we get to write it instead of that very young way of thinking, which is just tell me what to do. Give yeah. me the orders. Tell me the hoops to run through, because to me, that's where we limit ourselves. Oh, I love that. So who are your heroes? Oh man! Well, now that we've been talking about it, I'm thinking about my grandfathers and my father, <laughs> and um, let's see. Gosh, there's just been so. Here is a here is a strong word. I think that um, there's just been so many men that 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 have impacted me, but more so, I've really been appreciating some of the women in my life too. You know, my wife is somebody that, uh, and she's not going to hear this, so I can say this, but uh, I just uh, you know after watching her. You know, give go through the process of being pregnant and right. having, you know, bringing our daughter into the world after 30 some odd hours of labor. And I don't know any guy that would be like, boy, I yeah. wish I could do that. No, you're absolutely <laughs> right. Really, I agree. Really, really hard. And and uh, I, I think that I'm a, I'm just appreciating, you know, so much of the power that that women have in our lives. I have a daughter and it's really opened my eyes. So much of my life is about men. And I'm just appreciating this view uh, you know, I grew up with my dad was a cowboy and then he was in Vietnam. He was a Marine and then he was a cop and it was just so much guy shit. Yeah. And uh, I just really <laughs> I've been really appreciating, like understanding there's a powerful feminine force. It's very uh, much so powerful. And I've really been curious about that. Like, what is the powerful feminine look like? Not the not the feminine that's trying to be a, a masculine right. power. Right. But the, that real feminine power. Um, and so that's, that's where a lot of my curiosity has been. Yeah, I like that. I agree. Well, you know, and I have four daughters, so I, I mean, it's, I know exactly what you're talking about. And yeah. There's great yeah. strength. And I tell, especially my daughters, I tell them they have so much, um, strength that they don't realize that they can harness, you know what I mean? So much power. And I don't mean power in the, um, narcissistic sense. I mean, real genuine, like you said, and, and it's not about trying to act like a man. It's just about being authentically feminine and who you are there's great strength in that i know exactly what you mean 
I'm glad you do because I can imagine that that uh, that could be easily mis misunderstood. But um, yeah, it's 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 become more and more fascinating to me when women are when I when I get a chance to see women not trying to be powerful like men, and it, it's like wow, what that eclipses their real power when yes. I when I see that. Yeah, yeah. I've worked with some great women leaders and some ones that you know the ones that have tried to. And it goes with anybody, and I think in any leadership position, when if they could just take away the masks and just play to your strengths and stop worrying about your weaknesses and play to your strengths and be just who you are. I mean, that that to me is the secret sauce, too. And especially for women in the workplace, if they would just be who they are and not try to be what they think is a stereotypical CEO or someone that needs to be in power, you know. I think over the next 10, 15, 20 years, that's going to become more of the norm. You know, I, I think as we get out of this role playing thing, I, I think the whole thing of like the gurus is dying. That yeah. we, we really, we really are the leaders now are the guys that are in the, the kind of leading the charge and they're standing more shoulder to shoulder yes. with us than up on a hill. And, and, um, and we just, at least personally for me, I don't trust people that don't show up as, as just a real person and have their, you know, have the chinked in the armor. And, and that's been more of a challenge for me as I coach and I lead is to remember that that's where most of my strength is. And I, I like to hide that. I don't like to bring my confusion and uncertainty and, and, you know, vulnerabilities to whatever I'm bringing. But over and over again, the message is like, wow, that's where I get the most out of our work together is when you do bring that. So, um, I think that I just see this sea change that's happening. I'm looking forward to it more and more. Yeah, I like that you said that. And I and sometimes I don't know if it's if if it is a sea change or if I'm just coming to the game late. But I I I like to think that it's more of a sea change because I'm seeing some of that too when I speak. And I know the the moment, especially in my speaking and coaching career, the moment that I stop trying to act like a coach or stop trying to be a speaker, that's when I have the best presentations. That's when I really connect with the coach. Is when I'm just Hey, I'm me. This is who I am. Yeah. And um, yeah. God, it seems so simple, but why do why do we wear these masks? I don't know, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, what might happen to us if we were to if, if you were to really get to know who I am, you know, you you, you may not like me. You know, you may I may not but if I can get it right, if I can play this role really well and who knows, maybe I'll be safer there. Yeah. I don't know, guys, Tripp, but what a fun conversation. You seem like a really, um, I think anybody who's your client um, certainly could learn a lot from um, how to deal with life, how to become a better leader, whatever the case may be. So how can people get in touch with you? I mean, where can people find you? Uh, the best way is just to go take advantage of all the interviews that we've done over at the newmanpodcast.com. And you can find them all on iTunes if you just search for The New Man. There's yeah, so great. much stuff there. Great podcast. And really, thank, really, very good. Thank you very much. And then if you're like me, I don't like to listen to lots of stuff. And I don't like, I want the, the condensed version. So I, I wrote a little ebook called The New Manual. And it's the best tips and practices that I pulled from the podcast, but also from my years of coaching. And so you can, it's free. And if you just go to thenewmanual.com. I'll, uh, I'll send you every copy via email. Right on, trip. I'll have links to your website and, and uh, everything you're talking about here on this podcast on my podcast or on my website when I had when I post this podcast. So, uh, gosh, what a pleasure to have you on the show. I'd, I'd love to uh, uh, stay in touch with you and collaborate with you on something in the future. I think it would be fun. Thank you, Richard. I'm glad. It's, it's great to talk to another guy that's able to – I just feel like, wow, this, this guy's doing it too. He's, <laughs> he's having these conversations too, so it's great. Right on, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. 
Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership eBook, a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com.